Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're talking about people-pleasing. We are. Are you ready to find out if you're a people-pleaser? So the way we did this one, kind of unintentionally, is that Kelsey did a bunch of research and <laughs> I haven't seen any of it, um, slacked big time on this one, but so we're going to see if I'm a people pleaser, I guess, is kind of what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And I'll I'll divulge my own, Ooh, okay. you know, experiences as well. So I think just to start us off, like the reason why this – it's something Kyla and I talk about a lot – And I also think the reason why it felt super um, relevant is because it's definitely connected a lot to other things we've talked about. So like as we go through it today, you'll notice that it's definitely tied to our ability to set boundaries and even the episode about productivity and like when we've talked about perfectionism and and things like that and so definitely there's like a common thread is that a saying yeah yeah okay (laughs) and so it just feels like something we think about and talk about a lot and so I'm excited to talk about it today but yeah I think that how we'll kind of go through it first is like what is people pleasing and so essentially people pleasing is like a pattern of uh, thoughts and behaviors where you're essentially behaving based on like other people's thoughts and opinions and things like that. You're you care more about what other people think. Maybe you are not really prioritizing yourself if you're thinking about like how am I going to please others, things like that. And so, I think like. Everyone is probably guilty of this to some degree. I guess it would be one of those things similar to productivity where it's like, how much do we think about it? How much does it affect our decisions? And how can we kind of start to break some of that pattern? Because it definitely has negative impacts, which we'll talk about too. Yeah. I think that's kind of the key with most things is like, is this affecting your life in a way that you don't want it to? And then like, Mm -hmm. let's do something about it. Okay, so right off the bat, Kyla, do you think that you're a people pleaser? Honestly, I do. Or, okay, <laughs> I I yes. know that I am and I know that I've been working on it a lot mm-hmm. because I don't want to be. No, I don't think anybody really wants to be. Like, no one likes to associate themselves with that term, I don't think. Yeah, I think that I was not quite aware of how much I was doing it Mm -hmm. but I think we'll probably get into that as we go over the qualities yeah I feel like to be honest if someone had asked me this I probably would say no like I like to think of myself not as a people pleaser which I think is like a little bit of self-delusion but um even working through it when I was reading about some of them there's some things where I feel like over time and even in my personality type that I don't align with the like traits of it and then there's other things that I do so badly that I'm like 
oh, I absolutely am a part of this. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Group. Yeah. <laughs> I think what, like, what hopefully will be a good takeaway from this and something that I've learned is that a really important step to changing any behavior or circumstance is being able to put a name to something and yeah. noticing it. So I feel like this will probably be pretty helpful for me. (laughs) Some of these things too, I didn't even realize were kind of associated with that. You know what I mean? So I think that's helpful too is like I do some of these things, but I don't know that I would have called it people pleasing. So I agree that like it's helpful to then go, oh, but like the deeper reason why you're doing that is to avoid conflict or whatever it is. So Okay. I'm excited. Kyla, do you ever pretend to agree with people? As a way of maybe avoiding conflict? I do that in certain situations. Absolutely, yes. Like what kind of situations? Uh, okay, this is kind of funny and maybe like a very niche <laughs> like example. <laughs> but um, in my job, I'm a designer. So a lot of the times there can be like kind of a battle of opinions type situation. And it's kind of exhausting to... <laughs> I mean, it's exhausting to do that. So sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, like, that's a good idea. Let's test it because I know they're going to be wrong. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then let me think a situation in my – I feel like I'm not super people pleasy in, like, my personal life. I think I mm. surround myself with people that I feel like I can, like, express honest opinions and disagree with them at least mm-hmm. now. But maybe if I was around someone – who I didn't know or like I I wasn't sure how the situation was going to play out. I might just kind of like – I don't know if I'd agree though. I'd probably yeah. just be like, okay, <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah. And even you saying like, oh, let's give this a try isn't necessarily you agreeing. It's just kind of like sometimes you have to do those things in like a business yeah. situation or even like yeah. I think about in the – training I've received as like a leader it's all been about to like you have to listen to the people that you're leading and and take their ideas into consideration and there might be ideas sometimes where you think to yourself like oh I've tried that and it didn't work or whatever or like we don't have the budget for that but you obviously aren't just going to be like no 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 like you need more of those ideas so I think that that's fair but yeah I think like in my personal life I I don't do this and like almost maybe I could do it more. (laughs) So this was one where I was like, I don't, I definitely don't do this. And like, I think sometimes it actually makes people uncomfortable because I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like, if someone says something and I'm like, that's not true. Or like, I don't think that my tendency is to be like, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But that's also ebbed and flowed over the years. Like growing up, I think I was very much like that. And then there was like a brief stint in my life where I thought that the most important thing you could be in the world was like nice. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like I don't know if that's the most important thing you should be. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get flack on that. Now I'm worried what people are going to think. <laughs> Hypocrite. But there was a period where I was like obsessed with that. And so I really like stifled my own opinion, even like at a restaurant, like someone would serve me something and it would be like cold. And I would just be like, it's great. Thank you. Oh. Because like, I just like didn't, I got obsessed with the idea of like trying to be like sweeter than I naturally am and now I'm back right on the other side of the spectrum where I'm like nope send it back this is trash yeah that's interesting yeah I would say I think I'm like comfortable with the level I'm at with this I don't think I am like 
uh, on the offense a lot of the time, but I also am not scared to express my opinion if I feel strongly about something. I think mine mm-hmm. is more just like what's what's worth my energy is kind of more my gauge of things. Yep. Like I don't really care to like engage with this person. So I think that that's a good gauge. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that was really helpful for me when I was trying to find the balance of it is I met someone named Kelly who I love and who is like known amongst people for being like just absurdly kind, like just such a nice, like giving person. She's like an Enneagram type two. Like she just loves to like take care of others. Very kind person. And she got really strong opinions. And so it was so helpful for me to see that being modeled where it was like, oh, you can be someone who's like lovely and loving and caring and all these things and have strong opinions. They're not like mutually exclusive. And I think for a long time I thought they were. And there was something so powerful about spending time with someone who like totally approached the world with like trying to be as kind as possible. And also like when things went wrong or someone said something that was like offside or she had an experience at a business that was bad, like she wasn't afraid to be like, this yeah. isn't this isn't how it should be or like this was wrong or whatever it was. Yeah. So it was really eye-opening to for me to see that modeled and I feel like it helped me sort of get back some of like my personal ability to like understand that I can be someone who's kind and also someone who like has an opinion on things. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kyla, moving on. <laughs> oh god. Do you feel like you say yes to too much or have trouble saying no? <laughs> like do you take on too much? Oh heavens. Do I ever? <laughs> Isn't this a fun questionnaire? <laughs> Honestly, this is like, you know, in interviews when they ask you like what's your weakness? Like this mm-hmm. is usually my what I say. And I think it's something that I I am aware of as some, being something I do. Um, so again, I think I'm trying to work on it, but um, it's like one of those weaknesses that's actually a strength for a, for an employer when someone's I know, like, that's right, it's the perfect "I'm a answer. perfectionist." <laughs> I, know. I work too hard. <laughs> I do favors for too many people. <laughs> okay, but this is something that I have been trying to work on: is like figuring out what I actually want to do, mm-hmm. have the energy to do what I should be doing, like when it comes to my job, actually, some feedback that I have gotten in the past is that I like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to like mm-hmm. set boundaries, like where my job ends and someone else's might begin. It's mm-hmm. okay to delegate things. It's actually like, mm-hmm. you should do that. Like you can't scale your own time and effort if you just think you have to do everything yourself. So mm-hmm. That's something that I am aware that I do and I am working on as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but yes, I do it. (laughs) Yes. This one I absolutely do. Like I'm like so obsessed with being someone who can do it all that I like love to say yes to things like to a fault. Yeah. And then definitely get to the point where it's like I'm doing things that like – someone else is more skilled at or like has the time to do but I'm just like sort of doing it because I put myself in that position and so definitely something I'm working on about like recognizing okay I've actually hit my limit Mm -hmm. but I think the issue with this is is like I maybe think even like my limit for what I think is normal is a little bit skewed based on like my obsession with productivity (laughs) yeah Yeah, fair (laughs) enough this is something actually I Ever since you mentioned spoon theory, I've been like thinking about it a lot because I I think I heard about it a long time ago before I had any like diagnosis with chronic Mm -hmm. pain. 
And I've been thinking about it in the sense of like, I just don't have as much energy as most people. So Mm -hmm. where I spend my energy and time, like I need to be really selective about that. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of having that lens is making it a lot easier to say no to things that I don't want to do or like someone else might be better suited to do. And yeah, it feels really good to have kind of that lens. It's like, I'm clear that like I value my time and I don't want to spend it on that. Like Mm -hmm. it's a good kind of stance because it's not, it's not me. And it's just like, ah, like I don't have the energy. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's so fair. And it's also one thing I was reading about when I was looking into this is like, do these things feel like a burden? Like, are we doing things out of desire or are we doing it out of obligation? And like constantly having to look at things on your to-do list and go like, am I, do I, am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing it because I feel obligated to? And obviously like there's some things at work that it's just like, it is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. But in your, like, even when we talk about this I think we've mentioned this before where it's like sometimes I feel an obligation to like rest or to chill or to be social or to do these things. And it's like, okay, I think get clear on like, are those things necessary and I should be building them into my schedule because I'm lacking them and and they're important? Or is it just like, I think that the world is telling me that you should do these things. And then I'm doing, I'm building that into my schedule. So, yeah, um, so a big true. thing is like the difference between desire and obligation. And yeah. I think that's a huge part too, is like, I have people in my life and I think I'm, I'm one of these people who like, I love, I love to help other people and be there for other people and do favors for other people. But it is that balance of like, okay, am I doing this because I want to, and because I love this person yeah. and I like want to help them? Or am I doing it because like they asked and I couldn't say no? Because oh my god, <laughs> we talk about this a lot. <laughs> I, can't I didn't think of that. This is something that, <laughs> that I was am- a leading statement. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Kyla, tell me what you think about that. <laughs> um. Okay. So I'm realizing <laughs> I tricked you. I definitely way worse at this in my personal life because I (laughs) I do I want to help and support people and I can't do it for everybody and there are times when people like people often reach out with like projects like this is kind of just a little bit of a professional example but if it's someone like I kind of know like I want to help them or maybe I'll Mm -hmm. like not want to charge my actual rate or like Mm -hmm. I'll do it on a schedule I wouldn't normally agree to or like take stuff on when I know I like don't have the space for it Mm -hmm. and I don't know why I have such a hard time with that I think it's like Mm -hmm. usually it's creative things and like I do really want to help support people in their like creative pursuits yeah but it's like I am just one person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can't do it for everybody but I don't know how to say no to those things (laughs) I really don't. I think sometimes it's so hard too because that is a desire. Like there might be a desire to be like, oh, I actually want to be a part of this or like I want to help with this. But then you have to also consider the fact that it's like how full is my plate right now? Like how many spoons do I have right now? And sometimes it still might be hard to be like, I actually don't – I would love to and I just don't have the time. Oh my god. It's so hard to say. Yeah, but it is – it does get dicey sometimes when it's like it actually is a desire, but you just don't have the room for it, which I think has been like something you and I have talked about where there are things where people reach out and like I want to be a part of it. And I'm also like I I don't have space for this. Other things will then suffer if I do this. 
Yeah, 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 that's that's true. And I feel like the first thing that usually goes is like my balance of like yeah. taking care of myself and sleeping well and like, you know, all that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hard one. So another sign that someone, anyone is a people pleaser <laughs> is that you feel responsible for how other people feel. So do you feel that way? I know that I used to a lot. I think mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot better at this. Part of why or like part of one of the tools I use is not apologizing when I don't like there's no reason for me to apologize. I think over apologizing is something women do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I figured we probably would. But this is something that I don't know if it was something we covered in therapy or where this kind of started, but kind of separating Sounds like we're in therapy together when you say that. <laughs> I wish in joint therapy sessions educated messes so sessions it's a live therapy <laughs> session but yeah separating the fact that like I can do something and someone can feel a way about it and I am not we've talked about this before I'm not mm-hmm. responsible for how that person feels because everyone will have different reactions to different things everyone has their own baggage and traumas mm-hmm. and triggers and you know like I obviously can go through life being kind and mm-hmm. I think there also is a a limit where it's like okay is this something that I need to take responsibility for? Like, is this person's mm-hmm. reaction something that, like, did I wrong them in some way? Or do I just need to, like, let them, like, simmer and, like, deal with it on their own, which is hard. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of my close friends who think people are mad at them a lot. And it's like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I totally, I do that too. Like, I had that with you the other day where I was like, <laughs> are you mad at me because my brain is saying you're mad at me? I was kind of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> but yeah it's like an interesting thing mm-hmm. I don't know I I'm still working on that one a lot but it's kind of just like gauging situations of like okay like why is this reaction happening is this something that I should take responsibility for mm-hmm. yeah it's a tricky one though I, yeah. I still struggle with it because I just want everyone to be happy <laughs> yeah I think that's a common feeling and it is like a delicate balance of like how do I approach the world in a way where I'm like doing the least amount of harm possible? Yeah. And also how do I like respect my own personal values and boundaries? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that I feel kind of on the fence about that one. Like, again, I agree that I'm like improving at it and definitely still do it, especially with like certain scenarios. It affects me more than others. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. Okay. Here's a, a zinger. Um, <laughs> So typically people who are people pleasers are incredibly hard on themselves. <laughs> you feel like you have this trait? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can't even really say that. Oh, okay. No, I am working on this. <laughs> it's just still so obvious. Like in every yeah. aspect of my life, like even if just using the podcast as an example, it's mm-hmm. like, I, it needs to be as good as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And even then I'll probably like not like something I said or like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I struggle with this one a lot. Me too. I think that I'm definitely that type of person that like w- when other people make mistakes, I'm like, I'm practically like their defense attorney. I'm like, I can find <laughs> like a million reasons why that happened and why they should be forgiven. But then, like, when I make a mistake, I, like, don't cut myself any slack. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's super linked to perfectionism and just, like, Absolutely. not wanting to be someone who makes mistakes. And, like, I know. 
even Brene Brown talks a lot about how like perfectionism is sort of like us avoiding shame. And it's this like mm-hmm. fake idea that if I if I make no mistakes, then I'll never have to feel like life's ugly feeling. <laughs> and it's just I like, like it. <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. And it somehow functions in our brains. And so yeah. I think that leads to me being like really overly critical of myself and like yeah. – It's also tied to when we talked about resilience because I think what's so important is like when we're more able to like embrace our like failures, if we want to call it that, that's like how we learn resilience. So when we have these moments where we like trip or screw up or say the wrong thing or hurt someone's feelings, whatever it is, I think it's through those moments that we're able to be like, how do I recover from this? And like, what toolkit am I using? And, And how does that make me more resilient and like help me grow through this? Yeah. Yeah, this is something that I, like, I often feel this, and maybe this is something we'll touch on in a bit, I'm not sure, but, like, before (laughs) I go into, like, maybe a new experience, or, like, I'm Mm -hmm. doing something that I'm not so sure about, and I will be really hard on myself, so Mm -hmm. something I've tried to start doing is, like, kind of set an intention to go into it with, like, a beginner's mindset, which there's an actual definition for that that I really like (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we can fact check. But basically just approaching things with curiosity and, like, as a learning experience instead of I have to do this, I have to do it Mm -hmm. perfectly, and if I mess up, then I'm a failure and I should have never tried, like, that whole Mm -hmm. kind of spiral. And it's helped me so much even, well, like, mostly in my career when, like, there's a lot of things that I don't know how to do. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things like nobody, nobody knows how to do everything. Like that's just kind mm-hmm. of a fact of life. But I've always had it in my that's head. A bummer that, of a fact. <laughs> but I've always had it in my head that everyone else knows exactly what yeah. they're doing, and I'm the only one who is like, f- like secretly floundering. Like that's a big mm-hmm. imposter syndrome thing. So see, for me, I think what it is is I want to be the person that doesn't have that problem. You know what I mean? Like even when pe- people will be like oh, well, when I was new to this, uh, trust me, like, it was really hard, da 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 And in my head, I'm like, I want to overcome this in a Whoa. way. Like, it's weirdly, it's almost, like, competitive. Oh, my God. That's like you want to skip any form of vulnerability <laughs> and just go straight to being the best. Being, yeah, good. At it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Ask me how it's working for wow yeah that's that's oh my god I'm feeling very called out with all yeah sorry it wasn't meant to (laughs) okay do you feel like you apologize often okay this is the main one that I actually have been putting a lot of work in so no I don't think I over apologize anymore and it's really a lot easier to kind of be mindful of that language because a lot of our work stuff any communication right now is mostly like virtual or typed yeah so I always kind of make a point to go back through my delete the stories yes and like if there's an apology in there I kind of check with myself like is this something that I need to apologize for like did I wrong Mm -hmm. someone did I hurt somebody Mm -hmm. and those are pretty much the only way like times you need to apologize but Mm -hmm. if there's something oh what's an example like oh I had to reschedule a meeting yeah kind of last minute this week and I was going to be like oh sorry like I hope it's okay and I just I got rid of the apology. I was like, hope it's okay that I rescheduled. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Like, nobody's, like, upset. Yeah, it's <laughs> meeting. Yeah, totally. I definitely – we'll talk more about this later on, but I definitely think that this is something I've been actively working on. And I also think that in, like, my professional life and in my, like, peripheral social life, I think I'm guilty of apologizing too often. Mm-hmm. But with 
And even, I don't know, the one like caveat to this for me is that like I'm so goddamn stubborn that like <laughs> sometimes I I actually feel like I should be apologizing and I'm okay. and I don't want to. <laughs> Which is another thing that it's such a weird thing to be working on at the same time. The ability to just go like, okay, I don't need to be right about this. I can just say sorry yeah. and just like move on from it. And like I'm the type of person where like because anger is an emotion that for me like sits at like an easier uh, mm. availability than like sadness. <laughs> like I oh, – such a, such a bad thing to tell <laughs> myself. But like – when I feel backed into a corner, upset, or like whatever it is, I don't like – I don't shed a tear. I typically get mad, which like isn't yeah. a good thing, but it is sort of who I am. Yeah. And so I think the interesting part to it is sometimes I do just need to be like, oh my god, that was like an absurd thing to worry about. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And that's in the past been hard for me because – I'm stubborn. And so just like working on the balance between like, okay, I seem to over apologize to people sometimes. And then I also need to find the time when it's just like, this is absurd. I just need to say, sorry, this needs to be done. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. For me, apologizing has always been like too accessible because it was kind Mm. of a tool that I used in like growing up and basically to like diffuse situations yeah so it's something that I even if I didn't do anything wrong I would apologize because I knew that it would make things like easier no matter Mm -hmm. like so yeah I think that is something that definitely carries into adulthood and I uh I'm working on it do you feel uncomfortable if someone is angry at you that kind of just (laughs) builds off of what you just said I guess about diffusing a situation I used to feel I mean, I still like, obviously, this is really hard. It's more difficult for me if it's someone that I care about, like with, yeah. with the thing with you. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I feel like, yeah. most, okay, maybe I'm just I projecting. Don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, I do. So, yeah, I guess. I agree with you that like circumstances matter. Like certain people, if someone was mad at me, I would just be like, okay. That's cool. fair. Yeah. And others I'd feel like, oh, I definitely – I think the other reason my circumstances matter is like did I do something to wrong them and I'm like not taking – you know what I mean? And I'm like not yeah. taking the steps to fix it. I guess where this shouldn't matter is like if I have apologized and like done what I can to make the situation like – better and they just need to like sit in anger about it like that I kind of think that's on them to then like decide whether or not they want to move forward yeah I would agree but I do feel like conflict is always fairly uncomfortable I don't know that like for me like even when I lived with a a couple girls when I was in university we the reason why I think we lived so well together is because we treated each other the way family does where it would just be like hey, you're pissing me off right now. Like, please, like, get out of my room. Like, goodbye for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it would almost like sisters or something or like yeah. siblings would fight. And it was just like blunt to the point in the moment. And then 30 minutes later, it'd be like, we'd be like cooking each other food or you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, that level of anger has always been, I like appreciate the ability to just like hey, what's working, like what's happening right now isn't working, like I need you to clear out. Yeah. 
And then just being like, and then you just drop it when it needs to be dropped because like it was irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's super healthy. I think that something, and you don't relate to this as much, but I think a lot of women don't feel safe to express anger. And I think yeah. being able to. <laughs> you don't relate to this. Mm-mm, no. I. This is actually something that I feel like I'm getting better at doing is noticing when I'm angry and allowing myself to feel angry mm-hmm. and expressing it in a healthy and like, well-communicated way and Mm -hmm. then moving on you know like I think the it's it's tricky to find that balance between like suppression and stewing in certain emotions and anger is definitely a tricky one because nobody knows how to deal with it (laughs) yeah I also just feel like anger gets such a bad rep like I feel like even in my past relationships the fact that I like don't cry has been like something that bothers people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's so interesting to me because it's like I don't get how you don't understand that like me getting frustrated is me crying in in the lens of whatever this is. It's like why is yeah, why is being visibly upset and like that's vulnerable or something different than me being like a bit heated. You know what I mean? Yeah. One's looked at as better than the other. I don't know that one is better than the other. Like if that's how your com- complicated emotions like show up for you, isn't that like yeah. you being vulnerable in what they are? Yeah. I think that kind of goes with what we've talked about in the past on feelings being instructive. And yeah. from what I understand, anger is kind of a sign that like a boundary is being crossed. Yeah. And that's important to pay attention to. Like mm-hmm. otherwise they'll just get Fucked all over. Yeah. I just want to make it abundantly clear that I'm not like an angry person who like yells at people, but it just shows up as like I'm quite blunt, I think, when I'm like Very when I'm feeling hurt or like upset. It's not like I'm like, you bleeping, like I'm not I'm not like yelling. I'm just like very blunt. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm leaving. Bye. Like I'm just like, I'm not gonna like I don't want to be in these situations where someone's like crossing a boundary and me just being like, Ugh. like, I just, I'm like, yeah. you want to, if you want to behave this way, then I won't, I'm not going to stick around. So yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Do you feel like you have to act like the people around you? Like you're a bit of a chameleon. I definitely used to do this a whole ton. <laughs> I don't think that you do this. I don't anymore. Yeah. I think I kind of passed high school. I uh, passed university. <laughs> yesterday (laughs) yeah yesterday I decided (laughs) I think part of this is just getting a lot more clear on who I am and what's important to me and my values and yada 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 so Mm -hmm. I I don't do this too yeah I mean it's maybe it's like a youth thing to do because you just want to fit in Mm -hmm. and like but no I don't I don't think I do this anymore Mm -hmm. I agree cool with both the way you feel about it and also I agree that that's me too it's like yeah I definitely used to do this and used to just like especially like sometimes you're in like weird social situations where it also is that energy thing of like do I want to put in the energy to like disagree with everything I'm hearing or is it just like I need to make it through this like one hour experience so I'm just gonna lay low yeah yeah okay I got a zinger another zinger for you (laughs) So people pleasers need praise to feel good. And so people pleasers yearn for outside validation. Their personal feeling of security and self-confidence is often based on getting the approval of others. Ah, shit. 
something okay. Kyle and I have been talking about. Well, okay, the reason this is a zinger <laughs> for me. I've been talking to Kelsey about like the podcast and how I mean I'm really hard on myself about it and it makes me feel good when I hear other people saying they're enjoying it which like I'm fishing for compliments yeah can you please tell me (laughs) that you love it (laughs) I'm conscious of the fact that that is not a healthy way to live (laughs) but uh yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I think it's it's a human it's a human thing. And I also think like based on what your love languages are, like if words of affirmation is one, it might just be like people some people want yeah. those more than others. And it definitely is. It definitely is one of, yeah. I just cause yeah. I I don't know if I am very good at like reading between the lines of like pe- what people feel or or like mm-hmm. based on their actions. Like I just want someone to tell me straight up, like what do you feel about me? Mm. And if it's bad, can I do something about it? And mm. if it's good, then yay. Like, let's continue on this track. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just want – just be straight with me. <laughs> I have a different relationship with this one, but, like, I definitely feel like I I want it from certain people. Like, I desire it from, like, key people in my life. Like, I want to know – that I want to be affirmed in that, like – the what like what I'm doing or how I'm doing it is like I'm on the right track or something like right. that. And there are certain people's opinions who I absolutely value when they are yeah. able to say to me like this was the right choice or like you're whatever it is. That yeah. definitely helps me. But I'm also a big proponent of the like be your own biggest hype woman movement. Yeah, and yeah. my buddies at work would agree that like I talk about this a lot because it's like even as someone who like hires people and things like that, our tendency to undersell ourselves is like one of our biggest pitfalls. And I I don't know if that's like typically a a woman's thing where like we don't like to brag or something or if it's human nature maybe, but things like interviews and even like meetings at work and even like first dates, like I don't know if that's the time to like undersell yourself. Like I just think that's a funny tendency to have to be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not really that good at it. And like there's a there's a middle ground of like I think we're also afraid of being like cocky or like having too big of an ego that like we've yeah. we're now doing this thing where like we're so obsessed with being modest that it's like, okay, you're allowed to have personality <laughs> traits and yeah, opinions and strengths. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just so interesting. Sometimes I'll even talk to people and they'll be like, oh, um, even like I just keep thinking about interviewing because it's like such a key thing where people will be like, oh, well, I don't want to come across like I think I am great at this or that. And it's like that is oh the God. purpose of that time is for you yeah. to let them know what you're good at. Huh. And I just think that's an important thing to like keep in our lives in general is like I understand being modest and there's space for that. But I almost feel like we cling to it like a little bit aggressively where yeah. it's like – I'm too afraid of saying I'm good at something because someone will someone might not think so. Like, okay, yeah. that's the reality yeah. of the world that we live in. Huh. It would be like you even saying like, "Oh, I'm bad at pottery." I would just be like, "That's an absurd thing to say." Like, you're great at it and you must be able to look at what you make and go like, "This is really good." And like, <laughs> is it the best in the world? No, but that's not what you'd be saying by saying you're great at it. You know what I mean? I am only allowed to say I'm good if I am the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this no, weird yeah. 
thing where like we don't want to associate with something until we're so sure that that's who yeah. we are. And it's like you can you can attribute something to your yourself. Like you can be strong and have these characteristics or like traits that are really positive and you can you can be proud of those like it's it's a weird thing to shy away from like what we're really good at yeah that's interesting as you're saying that what's kind of coming up for me is like I don't actually feel this way in all areas of my life like with work for example I'm now at a place where like I know I'm good at my job I know I don't know everything I know I can probably figure it out and I don't really need it as much there anymore but Mm -hmm. I think with the podcast why it's like I think that's the main one in my life where I'm like I don't I've never done this before I don't Mm -hmm. really know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. like I'm just figuring this out which is like that's all fine but I don't know I think I maybe need to do some sort of like check in on like the why because if it's just for other people Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's like a good reason to do things or maybe it is I don't know depends well the reason I think it's tricky and I think this is sort of related to like social media too where it's like these are different mediums where it's like would we do this if no one listened? Like, that's a a fair thing to think about, right? Like, am I appealing to an audience that's like interested and and finds it nice to listen to? And I feel that that goes for social media too often where like, I know I do this sometimes where I'll be like going to post something and I'll be like, is this annoying? Or like in my head, or like, is this weird? Or like, am I being too soft is like a big one for me, which is hilarious. Like, like, am I, is this like, too soft of me to post (laughs) just like I've actually asked a friend that before where I was like going to post something and I'm like is this strange and she's like she was like do you want to post it and I was like (laughs) oh yeah and she's like okay then I'd say probably go for it oh my god and it's sort of funny to think that it's sort of similar in that like it's like would you post on social media if no one was watching well it's similar to what we're doing here and it's like while the answer to that is like probably no, I still think that there's a value in going like, what do I want? What yeah. do I think is interesting? What would I listen to? And things like that. And so yeah. I think for me, I come back to that often where I'm just like, who is this for? Yeah. Like, are you putting on a show? Because that's weird. But are you doing it because like you think it's valuable and you think it's important? And I don't think that the, there's something braggy about being like, I think that this is interesting. Like, uh, that's such a weird – I don't know what that is. I think that I see so many friends, like, have such a hard time being like, I'm really good at this thing. And it's even, like, creatives, I feel like that's such a hard thing too. Like, I have friends who, like, sell creative things or, like, work in these creative fields where it's, like, this conversation around, like, what do I post or, like, what can I charge or, like, all these things. And it's, Mm -hmm. like – we're always under, we're always underdoing it. Like I know there's no one in my life where I'm like, that person thinks they're way better than they actually are. (laughs) I have no one who does that. Yeah. And so like, what does that tell me about like the people? Like we should be able to be like, oh, I love doing this. And like, I don't know. I just think it's weird how we get uncomfortable and people like know that they're good at stuff and are okay acknowledging that. Like to me, that seems like a good thing. Yeah. That's, Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if like that's something we wouldn't feel about other people and we only feel about ourselves type thing. Well, it's it's related to to that conversation we had about trying new things. Like 
Mm. We're all afraid to start things because we don't think that our idea is like original or worth it or unique or whatever it is. And it's like, it's the people who just like seem to be okay with like wandering into that and like trusting their instincts that make us feel kind of like, how do they, why are (laughs) are they so confident? And it's like, I think that's something that we could like, we can help each other figure out too, by just like affirming in each other. But I also think it's good to sometimes just give ourselves a reality check of like, I'm actually like for someone, it's hard for me to think of an example. I didn't mean to sell you about on the pottery thing. It's not like you're always talking about being bad at it or anything. (laughs) I was. I used to be. (laughs) But I just think it's funny to go like, there in no world were you ever bad at it. But like, but if you're comparing yourself to someone who like does it for a living, that's going to be tough for you to feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like that balance of being like – you can be your your hype woman, like your own fan without being like someone who people don't want to be around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all a process. It's, it is. What is it? It's not the destination. It's the journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Only a couple more and then we'll kind of talk about like how to escape this. Okay. All right. Cool. Do you feel I'm like I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you feel like you go to great lengths to avoid conflict? I don't think I do this anymore. I think this is a similar thing of like, as I've become more sure of who I am and my values, Mm -hmm. I don't think that I am as scared of conflict because it's not like, it's not inherently bad. I think conflict can be good. And an example I can think of like in my relationship is where we've gotten really good at having like healthy conflict Mm -hmm. where like if something (laughs) isn't working or like one of us disagrees with something we can just kind of like put a like point right to what that thing is and then talk (laughs) about it and like resolve it like it's always better in the end so the garbage is still inside the house. <laughs> I'm pointing to the garbage. <laughs> it's not left yet. And you told me it would leave already. So I disagree. With that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then if I'm thinking of like a maybe like a friend or work situation. No, I think I've gotten pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've gotten pretty good at like. And addressing it when it happens. Yes. T- yeah. Putting a name to like what I'm feeling, being able to communicate that, mm-hmm. being able to communicate like my need and then like asking someone to do something. Um, that's some nonviolent communication mm-hmm. uh, vibes. So yeah, no, I would say I don't avoid conflict anymore. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> all of our answers are so wishy-washy, but I think I that's, the, that's the nature okay. of it. Yeah. Um, I don't avoid conflict. I'm not the type of person that avoids it. I like, I have always found it really instructive and like I've always been the type of person that would rather like hash things out and have an open and honest conversation and then let it go. Like I'm not someone who likes to ruminate on things for like extended periods of time because I just think like if we could clear this up now, why wouldn't we? Yeah. But what's been super eye-opening is I'm in a relationship with someone who by Enneagram type and just like by human nature is like absolutely a peacekeeper. Mm. And so say something happens between us and I want to just like clear the air, let's call it. (laughs) (laughs) He'd like to think about it for 24 to 48 hours before (laughs) we do that. And that – it's taken me a long time to figure out and understand. And like my way is not like the best way. I can't just yeah. say like because I will feel better doing it right away that that's yeah, the superior sure. method. 
And so we obviously meet somewhere in the middle. Like I'm not talking about things with him like a week later because I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have my own peace disrupted for like a week while we think about this. But I think there has been so much value in learning to meet in the middle of like, can we address it maybe in the moment and then like come back to it after we've had some time to think about it and then like work on it from there. Yeah. But I just think it is interesting. People have such unique ways of dealing with conflict and and with all of its flaws, the one thing that Enneagram has taught me is like your way of thinking is not the way of thinking. Like yeah, people yeah. approach things in different and unique ways and there's value in all of that. And so like learning to meet people where they are and like how it works for them. Like even when I described my relationship with my roommates in college, it's like our way of dealing with things matched each other. So it was just like sort it out, like call it out and then just like move forward. But like that doesn't work for everyone. And so I am now learning like healthier tools on how to deal with conflict in like a way that works for everyone in my life and like not just me. Yeah, I think the one time – I can think of where I like have avoided conflict is when there's actually fear of like maybe losing a friend or like losing a partner. Mm. Those are times where like I've had to consult like a professional or friends and the one of the um, piece of, pieces of advice that like has really helped me and I kind of talked about this last episode too but it's just like like if you're in a situation where something's hurt you and you're like going to share that or like have a conversation about it and you're afraid that like how they might respond might mean that like it's it's over in the friendship or in the relationship. Yeah. I think I've been in situations before where I've really felt that way and I like haven't wanted to express like how I felt for fear of someone just being super defensive and being like, mm-hmm. well, then goodbye or something, it's, yeah. which is probably irrational to the way we make it go in our heads. But yeah. it was really helpful for me to just go like, and if that happened – as hard as it would be, I would be okay. And I need to be able to like express my own boundaries and share that. And it's so interesting because even in the time that I'm talking about, which was with a friend and I did end up going to her and sharing like how I'd been feeling and like my, my hurt or whatever it was. And it was, it was uncomfortable. And I was expecting, I don't know why it's not in her character to, to be defensive, but you just over, you sort of like exaggerate yeah. what's going to happen in your head. And she was just like, thank you for telling me. And we talked about it and she apologized and I apologized and we, and it was, we dealt with it. And then I yeah. didn't get that boundary crossed again. And it was like yeah. such a good learning of like, even when it's really big and like really scary and can feel like, oh, this might be like a game changer. We have to give people the credit of like their ability to handle conflict could be very strong and like we could just work through this and things could be better at the end of yeah. it. Okay, so last sign that you're a people pleaser is that you don't admit when your feelings are hurt or you pretend to be okay. <sighs> Ye- this is something I I, Ye- <laughs> I, uh, de- I don't know. That's a hard one. I think I definitely used to do this. I no, I think I'm better at this now. And I can think of the example that I <laughs> Well, remember I told you about, um, like, I had to get an MRI recently, and it was at, like, three in the morning, and my spouse, (laughs) Bo, (laughs) he was studying for, like, his CPA, like, really important test, and it was, like, a couple days after the day that the MRI was. We'd have to, like, mess up a sleep schedule, all this stuff, so he 
was saying basically like he wasn't sure if he could go and it made me really sad because in my head it was like I need someone who can like be there for me like that whole thing but then I kind of like acknowledged all those feelings and went to him and I was like yeah like I, I can't pretend like this isn't sad and like this is this hurts me but I also understand like and like then I had like a different need I think it was like can we like make up some quality time like elsewhere or something like that yeah I think I've gotten better at that because that was something that for a long time I couldn't do like this a a very parallel example would be like when we were having some relationship struggles and I didn't express a single need the entire time and I got an ulcer because of it (laughs) like it was just just the opposite experience so I would say yeah I'm trying to get better at that this is my number one worst out of all of these for sure. Yeah. Like, because it's related to vulnerability and I'm like yeah. so against being vulnerable as you so ironic being like a Brene Brown stan. Uh, well, but that's why I'm obsessed with her. It's because she feels the same way. It's like, it's all a defense mechanism of like not wanting to be vulnerable. And then it's sure. the like, the uncrack, like the crumbling of that kind okay. of persona. But... <laughs> Oh, I love to pretend I'm okay and let, that my feelings aren't hurt. It's one of my greatest skills. Um, people hurt my feelings all the time and have no idea. And <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like I am – there are certain people where I feel really comfortable with that. Like there was something last weekend when Kyla and I were away. <laughs> and the thing is, is like the reason why I also struggle with this is because like I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to like the way I joke with people. Like I've always right. been that way. <laughs> My family is like so freaking sarcastic that like I was raised to believe that that was how people told each other that they loved each other. Right. And so that is what I'm doing when I'm doing that. But sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit mean. And so I've always lived with this idea that like I need – if I'm going to dish it out, I need to be able to take it. But I think what that doesn't leave room for is like when people say things where I'm like, actually <laughs> – and uh, it hurt and it's so funny because like people wouldn't think I even had those things like people just think like fire away I'll laugh at it and honestly for the most part pretty chill (laughs) a couple things that people could say where I'd be like oh my heart ow (laughs) and so we were joking around last weekend and something was said where I was like ha 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 and then I was like "Uh, actually (laughs) ow my heart <laughs> oh yeah I felt that and then no and it's it's all like I don't I the thing is because we dealt with it in the moment where Kyla was yeah. just like oh buddy like I was joking and this is how I actually feel about you in regards to this certain thing or whatever yeah. I haven't thought about it since but it's just so funny that it's like I, there are a few people where I would actually do that with where I'd be like "Ooh, yeah. actually like that kind of like it hit a soft spot or it might have just been that like I was tired and like emotional and things are going on. There doesn't need to be a reason. It's just that like something hit somewhere where I was like, I was, I'm going to keep thinking about this and being able to call it out in the moment, just be like, yeah, ouch. And then being able to address it then was so helpful, but it's not something I'm comfortable doing with very many people because maybe it is a little bit of like, I don't want to make people uncomfortable on my behalf almost like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I hurt her feelings, da 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 da, or something. Was that, a people, was that one of the people pleasing things? Yeah, I think so. Right. Something I found when I, like, if when my feelings get hurt, usually I find that it's because 
it's a negative, like a negative quality has been called out that I believe okay. about myself. hundred percent. And that happened to me, like, was it two days ago or something? Um, I was kind of raised with, in like a similar way where like, kind of like micromanaging was like a love language, which sounds odd, but <laughs> I definitely do that a lot. And it's something that I try, like, I don't want to, to do. And I think Bo called it out in maybe a way that like, wasn't gentle enough for how sensitive I I guess right. I am about it and right in that moment I was able to tell oh okay like this is something that like I'm embarrassed about and like I have right. shame about it and mm-hmm. you called it out so instantly I like reacted yeah. in, in a strong way so and he could have pulled something out just as aggressively that wasn't something that was a soft spot for you and you probably yes. would have laughed at it yeah if he was yeah. like oh you don't clean enough I'd be like okay let's that's incorrect <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> about that <laughs> see where you're at because I don't know where that's coming from (laughs) yeah I totally agree it is like these like soft spots but it is funny that you say that like oh wasn't that one of the trays and it's that you go to great lengths to avoid conflict which I said that I don't do but I guess I think about conflict as like I'm okay I don't know that's so weird that I just said that because like it's an interesting type of conflict where like I'm okay being like having an opinion and saying no to things and being like that's not true or I don't agree with that but not really when it's about like my own like emotions or like being hurt by something I think it's harder for me to do I think that I mean this could be wrong but I feel like yeah I'm gonna just be a therapist (laughs) but from what I've seen from you you're comfortable with anger because it isn't really that vulnerable of an emotion (laughs) but sadness sadness is so like icky and like it makes you feel small and like weak I guess so I think I mean that would be my analysis of that. Now we're in a fight. (laughs) Um, No it's absolutely true. It's like there's different I'm okay being like I don't agree with that because it's wrong or like this or that. Yeah. But the idea of being like that really hurt my feelings and like makes me feel like this is like much more difficult. Yeah that is hard. Alrighty so moving right along. (laughs) Um So all of this to say, like, I hope that that was instructive even just like to go through a list like that and be like, do I do these things? And to get really honest, like there are things where I'm even like, I don't do that. And then upon further reflection, I'm like, ah, yes, I do that, but maybe not in the same way that like Kyla does it or someone else does it. Um, Some of the things that I thought were really important that I was reading about were like, you people pleasing comes from this like desire to be all things to all people and like to somehow fit the mold of what everyone wants you to be. And I think the reason why I am so averse to like identifying as a people pleaser is because for me, like honesty and like authenticity are like top of like this, like ultimate, those are the people I want to be around those are the people I love are people who are like authentic to themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're a people pleaser, I, I don't think you can be because you're yeah. basing who you are on how other people will perceive you and accept yeah. you. And so what I thought was really interesting was this idea of like we often are worried about the opinions of the people that are least sympathetic to us or that understand us the least. And so 
when we go to like do something in public or like put out a podcast or whatever it is. For example. Yes. <laughs> just drawn a personal example. You're worried about the person listening that's going like, oh, these people are annoying and like, oh, what a weird thing to say. And like all yeah. as opposed to the person that goes like, I've agreed with 90% of it and I don't agree with this part. Like that's okay. They can be yeah. but it's interesting that we worry about the people who would not understand us or like not be sympathetic to what we're trying to do. It's almost like the like I don't want to say the, the haters, but like <laughs> that is kind of who people sometimes yeah. make their decisions around. That's something that actually has come up in my journaling this week. I okay, so this is kind of was like Basically, I'll do my expressive journaling. I'll like let out all my feelings and then I kind of find a theme because usually there's one. And this one was, it's not my job to make sure everyone else is comfortable. Can I be okay with the idea that not everyone will like me? Which mm -hmm. is something that, oh, it's so, it's so almost alien to, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is women in general or if it's just me, but like the idea that someone might not like me and that's okay is hard. It's hard to get like a... a tight grip on that and be like I can be a good kind person and people still won't like me mm -hmm. that's hard that's a hard pill to swallow agreed I feel like that part I <laughs> have come to accept <laughs> because and maybe this is even me like there maybe if I unpack this this is a little bit of people pleasing but Kyla we were even talking about this the other day where like I'm someone that people often have described as like having a big personality or like one of those people that like you love or hate or like obnoxious is a, a <laughs> word I've often been called. And what I think is interesting about that is I've grown to understand that like if I'm being who I am at its like true core, there are definitely going to be people who like I rub the wrong way or who like just don't don't relate or don't, you know what yeah. I mean? That part I feel comfortable with. What I think is interesting is sometimes when I'm thinking about like what people will think of something, the people whose opinions I'm considering, I'm like, why them? Yeah. Like, why am I worried about this person's opinion as opposed to like one of my best friends or someone I think is really great or like yeah. I often get really confused as to like the group of people that come to mind when I'm thinking like oh is this like hmm. cool I don't know what I'm thinking but like yeah. it's almost like there's a certain type of people or group of people that I do really want to like me or something so I've like then I'm trying to adhere to a certain group mm -hmm. which is just as bad but it's just like a unique experience to like I care about the opinions of like this select group and then other people I'm able to go that's okay you can kind of like take it or leave it I yeah. I take or leave it with other people too so that's fine yeah yeah I sometimes I wonder if it's like the people that are you know might be judgmental yeah probably of not pleasing I don't know yeah that's weird like, why do some people's opinions matter than more than others or something I don't know yeah but what I really liked what was said was like when we focus our attention on pleasing others, it's it's impossible to please ourselves because your needs and desires and wants and personality can't be synonymous with someone else's. So like to ever assume that you could hit like check all of the boxes of other people and check all of your own boxes is like sort of a ludicrous thing to think. Yeah. 
So then real quick, just wanted to talk about the patriarchy. (laughs) Sort of a theme. Um, So women are conditioned from a really young age. And I'm going to use some like probably stereotypical gender roles, but like this is something that women are definitely more susceptible is you're conditioned to like not cause a stir and like um, avoid conflict, don't make waves, don't disagree. Um, Or you get called things and I can share from personal experience that like in elementary school, I was called bossy. And then in high school, I was called a bitch. And then now it's obnoxious or aggressive or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is real. This isn't like something I think happened. It's like, I experienced this firsthand. It's even things like Kyla will tell me that she thinks that she's a loud person. And I'm like, compared to what? Like, (laughs) what does, you know what I mean? Like clearly someone said that, or you feel that way relative to someone. And it's like, I just think that if you weren't female, I don't know that you'd be going, am I a bit loud? I've never heard someone calls, like, it just doesn't. I know it's so funny because that was like my experience growing up was like I talked too much in class I was told that like I was basically like too much a lot of times and so I've definitely internalized that yeah because women are taught that they have to be as small and quiet as possible Mm -hmm. don't take up any space (laughs) not to mention that women are also told that we're supposed to be nurturers by nature that it's supposed to be in our nature built into us to take care of other people. And so what does that teach you about like how you're supposed to approach the world? Okay. So I'm supposed to dote on others, make others feel comfortable, make sure that like I'm treating others like motherly and all these things. And it's like, that's some, like, that's just like bullshit in my opinion. Yeah. That's something that I think was in um, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. She she talked about how there's this idea of motherhood as like martyrdom Mm -hmm. and that like none of your needs matter. You just like everything you are goes into another human and in your children. And if that's like, if that lights you up to to nurture someone else in that way, I'm I'm not saying that's not okay but it's I think a big thing that's kind of deterred me from wanting children is like I don't want that for myself Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen anything else really modeled so like I don't I don't know what it looks like to be a mother and still have a full like identity and independence like I think your mom's done a good job of that but it's it's hard Yeah, it is really hard. And I think what's really tricky there is like how does then someone like you or me who may be like I'm nurturing in some ways but like it's not like I'm one of those people that like my ovaries swell when I see like a baby. I'm just like it's a child. I don't don't have an opinion on it. It doesn't belong to me. So – and so like even to feel like oh, I'm supposed to feel like this urge to just like take care of others. I'm just like – that's not that's not how I feel. Like even yeah. the idea of like doting on like a partner, like I'm just like not not the gal to call if that's what you're <laughs> expecting to experience. Like I'm very loving and caring, but I'm definitely not like ugh, I just don't know how to describe that. But it's just like it's not in my nature to be that way. And so I think yeah. it's really interesting and so inextricably linked to people pleasing because it's like taking care of others, keeping the peace, don't raise your voice, all those things. And 
a lot of people might have seen this because it kind of like made its rounds on the web. It's actually a tweet. (laughs) But I obviously didn't find the tweet on Twitter. I found it on Instagram because I don't know how to use Twitter. But it's it was called Good Statements for Women to Practice. And it was a list of eight statements that women should practice saying. And there's a bunch like, no, that isn't funny. That isn't appropriate. I already knew that. That won't be necessary. Leave me alone. You're making me uncomfortable. Stop ignoring me. And the one that stuck with me the most is the first one. And it says, you interrupted me. Mm. And so I read this and I started using it. And oh my God, I had no idea how much people interrupt me when I'm speaking. And like the the men in my life, like my partner, my brother, my friend's partners, like I'll be in the middle of saying something and they'll interject. And it's so interesting because Ben has been so in like intrigued by it because he'll do it. And I'll say like, I was speaking and like even him realizing like, oh, I'm doing this without even mm. noticing that I'm doing it. Whereas like I don't feel like I constantly interrupt yeah. people. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that's like a bad thing. Like I think it's just how sort of we get socialized. But yeah. I've started saying it even in settings where I'm like with someone who I don't know that well where I'd just be like, you just interrupted me. And like it's uncomfortable for sure. But it's also like why are you speaking when I was yeah. just – talking that's so bizarre yeah it's that whole thing of well there's a couple of things there where i i know that stereotypical men gender type <laughs> uh, they, they've been conditioned to take up space they okay. have been conditioned to to speak their mind and so yeah. obviously like that it just they both solidify each other mm-hmm. and that's what <sighs> i mean by like it's no it's really no one's fault yeah. but like bringing awareness to those things has been so eye opening just in my own life of like that's or even like the that's not funny thing like things like mm-hmm. that where it's just like those are uncomfortable statements and also like why don't we say them more like why are those things that we were so not used to bringing up or saying and so much of people pleasing bleeds into people's workplaces and things like this where like or even like social situations where maybe someone's saying something that you think is like politically incorrect or like downright sexist or racist or something like Mm -hmm. that or at work someone says something that's like sexually suggestive or like whatever it is the ability to just lean on these statements that are like that this is making me uncomfortable or like that's not funny or whatever it is like are so important and there doesn't need to be a big long explanation as to why it can just be like no thank you to this so that's on that and then Mm -hmm. just to wrap it up I think we can talk about like how we can reframe it Mm -hmm. and so I think so much of people pleasing comes from this idea that we can control other people's feelings and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think what's helpful for me to remember is that like, that's an illusion. Like you obviously can't control what anyone thinks or feels about you, even if you actively try to change it. And I listened to this podcast. um, It's called the unfuck your life podcast. And they have an episode on this that I thought was really instructive. And um, the host said, you're trading the certainty of acting on your own behalf for the possibility of having some influence on the thoughts and feelings of someone else that you mm-hmm. can't really control anyways. Wow, yeah. And it's like the idea that we would trade being aligned being in alignment with like who we are and how we feel and what we think versus like hopefully maybe 
someone else may be thinking that we like it's just like this absurd quest to be on and so yeah some things on on reframing it would be like prioritizing ourselves which we've Mm -hmm. talked a lot about but like asking yourself things like what is my preference what are my needs why do I want to do this do I want to do this And then realizing that saying no is an option that we can employ and that like there doesn't need to be a long explanation. You don't need to justify that you might need rest or that you might need to work or that you might need to not work, whatever it is. There is value in just saying like, no, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, And I also think there's something so powerful in that where like you – you are valuing your own time and your own well-being and like setting this like clear priority and boundary around like this is this is a boundary for me and I'm communicating it to you clearly and yeah. being direct and like that doesn't mean that it's not kind it can be like thanks so much for thinking of me it sounds like a really awesome project and I just like don't have the space for it right yeah. now yeah it's totally. like that's not mean it's just honest yeah I think that's like totally in line with I was talking to two friends about this last night of just how important is your time to you? And to me, mm-hmm. like, it is the most important thing to me. It's yeah. literally all you have is totally. your time, like, right now. So don't spend time doing shit that you hate or, like, things mm-hmm. that you are just doing for someone else to, like, make them like you. Like, just do yes. exactly what you want to do and what feels good. And, like, that's your whole life, you know? Yes. <laughs> and also, like, if your time isn't valuable to you or you don't respect it, then, like, that's a – I feel like that to me yeah. is, like, a big red flag of, like – why do you think that someone else's time or priorities are more important yeah. than your own? Yeah. The one thing that I I posted this on the Educated Messes Instagram recently, but has been really sitting high in my brain in terms of mm-hmm. like things I keep leaning on is the only people who get upset about you setting boundaries are the ones who are benefiting from you having none. Yeah. So when you think about these times where you do say no and it feels scary and uncomfortable, if someone gets upset about that or like mad about it, they're the ones that were benefiting from you being this person that always says yeah. yes, just to keep the peace. Like, Yeah. yeah, That's so good. I love that. I've been thinking about too. that a lot too. Yeah. And just ultimately like you say this all the time and it's definitely been very instructive in like my learning too, which has been like, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. Like mm-hmm. you're responsible for the way that you move around this world and how you treat others, but like how they receive and respond is it's on them. Um, and just like this idea that we're, we can force some sort of like peace or harmony. I think it's important to realize like at what price are we willing yeah. to like come at whether it's like the cost of your authenticity and who you are as a person at your core or if it's the cost of like your peace of mind or your well-being or your health if you're burning out things like that so yeah um those were things for me that I felt like were a good way of reframing it and I think what you said is so true about like valuing your own time no matter what that time is being used for it doesn't like you don't need to justify that you're your life is filled with busy things. It can just yeah. be like your rest or your time to do nothing, whatever it is, but just like giving it value and respecting that too. Yeah. That I feel like maybe we can end on kind of a, I think this was a tweet or an Instagram post that I saw, but that just because you have open time, like your time for rest or whatever that is, that time is not necessarily the time you have available. Like that's Mm -hmm. up to you. The time that you want to devote to other things is only up to you. And if you don't protect that time, then other people will take it. 
like that's just how it'll go. So just be mindful of what you want to do and only do things Mm -hmm. that you want to (laughs) do. Simple. (laughs) There we go. Easy peasy. (laughs) Cool. So glad we could solve the world's problems this morning. (laughs) We're not people pleasers anymore. We're healed. No, we did it. (laughs) Okay. Anything else? No, that's everything. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're going to check some facts, but we're kind of kind of flipping. Kyla's going to do a couple fact checkies. Yeah, we didn't have that many facts to check this Mm -mm. time because we were kind of sharing our personal experiences. So that's good. But there (laughs) were (laughs) two things that I wanted to clarify. Um, The first being just with the language we were using surrounding gender, I just wanted to make it clear that what we were referring to includes women and those who are socialized as women, I mm-hmm. think would experience a lot of the things we were talking about. So I just wanted to clarify just to make our language a bit more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And then the other one was on beginner's mindset. Okay. So I don't remember the context of how this came up, but I was talking about <laughs> beginner's mindset. And from a quick little Google, um, a definition of beginner's mind is um, it's actually a concept from Zen Buddhism called Shoshin. And what it means is having an attitude of openness, eagerness, and a lack of preconceptions when studying a subject, even when studying at an advanced level, just as a beginner in that subject hmm. would. So, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's kind of a nice way to go through life, like approaching everything that way. Yeah, just with curiosity. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think so much of what we were talking about in regards to that was like the expectations we put on ourselves to like know a lot about yeah. things that we shouldn't, like that we wouldn't know a lot about. Yeah. yeah and totally. so, yeah, just the idea of approaching things with like with fresh eyes and being able to just take that mindset with you when you're like trying something new or doing something for the first time yeah it takes a lot of pressure off yeah i like that cool and that's all (laughs) so brief (laughs) so brief okay quick (laughs) a quick one okay uh anything else you want to add no okay bye bye